Welcome to the Men's Global Livestream. If you have a Bible, I want you to hold a spot in Proverbs chapter two. And I also want to encourage you to download the notes. All the passages that you're gonna see on the screen are in the notes. All the fill-ins are all in the notes. Now, we are in part four of our series called Come to Me. And if you're joining us for the first time, that may sound familiar, and it should. It's Jesus's standing invitation from Matthew 11 to all believers to take advantage of his care and capacity in this life. And the goal of the series has been very simple. Don't let pride, don't let fear. Don't let ignorance limit God's powerful help from coming into your life. Why would you do that, right? That's why Jesus issues the invitation. If Jesus makes himself available, then we should sincerely and seriously accept that invitation and act on that invitation. And the action step, right, the point of contact which transacts his care and capacity with our needs is turning to God in prayer. Now, Jesus being God and all that that means, that seems kind of common sense, right? To come to God in prayer, especially when we know who he is. But what we've been talking about in this series is that when we know that God is loving, it should move us to come to prayer and change the way we pray. When we know that God is strong, it should move us to pray more often and to come to him in prayer. And today, there's another aspect of God's character that should have the same effect and it should make praying more inviting, more regular, and definitely more powerful. And so I wanna get us thinking in the right directions by asking a question. Who's the first person that you think of and that you would go to for advice when contemplating a big life decision? You know, not a small one, but one that might involve your future or it might involve a big shift in your family situation or maybe a possible uh, career move and you've weighed it all, but you need wisdom, right? Who's the first person that you would turn to, right? Now, outside of Chrissy, my wife, I would turn to my friend, Paul. Why? Because he's wise. He's so wise and he knows me and is concerned for me. And I can always count on him. Do you have one of those people in your life right now? You see, here's the difference, smart people are really helpful, all right? They can give you intel. They can give you the facts that you need to make a decision, all right? But really wise people, they save you pain. See the difference? Smart people, they can give you facts, intelligence, information. That might help you in a decision, but really wise people, they save you from pain, hallelujah, right? Um, they don't push their advice on you, right? But when they offer it, man, you lean in, right? Because their wisdom is weighed more heavily. Their wisdom is trusted. And that's why you turn to them, okay? Experience and insight that they have, it comes from also a deep concern and love for you. Now, that's where I want to now make a transition. Think about that experience, insight, coming to you, 
in the form of wisdom, but it's motivated by a deep care, concern, and love for you, right? And when we think about God, our maker, God, our loving father, God, our strong father, you have to think about God as our most wise father. And even as I just shared sort of a human relational thing where we have our go-tos when we need wisdom, God is the ultimate go-to. And when you talk to him in prayer, the wisdom that he possesses, right, that's a game changer. And so that's really what we're gonna look at today. So let's relook at Jesus's invitation to come. We've been doing it every session. But then let's look at this aspect of God's character, his wisdom, and then how that affects us when we pray, all right? So let's read Matthew 11, 28 to 30, um, our theme verse for this series. Come to me, Jesus says, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So there's Jesus's invitation, and there's a promised impartation of rest and lightness when we come to Christ, specifically when we turn to him in prayer in this life. Now, there's reasons we do that. Sometimes it's desperation, but it should be like we're talking about in this series because we know that he is loving and that he is strong. And now we're gonna look at his wisdom and that should also make us turn to him. In Proverbs chapter two, the spot in the Bible I told you to keep, uh, verses six through 10, we're gonna get a picture, right? Of God and his wisdom, listen in and then we'll unpack it, right? It says this, for the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just and fair, and you'll find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. See, when you have a wise God, you have strong confidence in prayer and you have strong help. So let's just unpack that a little bit. The first thing that we see very clearly is that God loves to share what he knows. Aren't you glad you have friends who know a lot about things you don't know a lot about and they love to share what they know? Well, in life, the author of life <laughs> likes to share what he knows. It says, for the Lord grants wisdom, means he gives it away, right? And the way you get that wisdom is through prayer. Secondly, what we see is God is the highest source of wisdom. The Bible is emphatic about this, and you can see it right here. It says, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding, right? Ultimate knowledge, ultimate understanding. Final knowledge, final understanding. The truest thing about you is what God says is true. The truest thing about anything is what God says is true. So God 
in addition to loving sharing what he knows, is the highest source of wisdom. Third, what we see in the passage is that God's wisdom thrives in men of character. This is really important to get. But you see that the Bible says he grants a treasure of common sense to the honest, right? He's a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. You see the, the connection, right? Honest, walks with integrity, um, just, faithful. What's God saying in his word right now to us, all right? Good wisdom, God wisdom, falls poorly into bad character, but good wisdom, God wisdom falls magnificently into good character. It reminds me of when Jesus says in Matthew 7, he says, don't give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine, right? He's saying that, you know, some things you have to discern before you give them to that person. You have to discern the person before you give what is precious to that person. Because if, you, if you're giving what is precious to a person and they don't perceive it as precious, don't give it to them, right? Holy, precious, right? Pearls, precious. You use your discernment, right? God uses discernment. And, and when it comes to his wisdom thriving inside of us, Man, it thrives inside a man of character, a man who is honest, who is seeking to be honest with God himself and other people, a man who has integrity, who's undivided, right? He's the real deal between what he believes and how he actually lives. He walks the walk, so to speak, right? A man who is just, a man who is faithful to the Lord. God discerns and he gives what is precious, his wisdom, more fully to those who see his wisdom as precious as he does, all right? Fourth, what we see is that God's wisdom is specific to the need, right? It says, then you'll understand what is right, what is just, what is fair, and you'll understand the right way to go. I love that. You don't need vague wisdom. You don't need cloudy wisdom, right? You don't need sort of wisdom. You need specific wisdom. Isn't it great when someone, you get the wisdom that you need and you're like, ah, that's it. That's exactly what I needed. All right. That's God, right? When we go to him in prayer, we can get exactly what we need. When we go to him through his word, we can get exactly what we need. When we go to him and we ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom, who grants God's wisdom, we can get exactly what we need. How encouraging is that? All right. And then next, what we see in the passage is that wisdom takes over your inner man. You know, when you get real wisdom for your life, it comes into you, right? It comes into your mind and then it takes the elevator down into your heart and you actually feel it. You're like, that's it. That's what I need. And the Bible says, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Isn't it great to know and create joy just to know what's right, 
to know what's fair, to know the right way to go, right? So wisdom and joy are connected, all right? So there's Jesus's invitation. We should accept it, right? And act on it, right? Take it seriously and take it sincerely, right? Then here's God's wisdom. When we go to God in prayer, which is how we get an impartation from the invitation, right? What are we gonna get? Well, we can get wisdom, right? So now let's look at when we know God's wise, right? How should that impact our prayer, right? Let's look at that right now, all right? The first thing, when we know God is wise, how it impacts our prayer life is I trust his answers to my prayers. You know, I get this picture on this, on this point, all right? I trust his answers to my prayers of a parent and a child, all right? The child knows the what. It's like, mommy, daddy, I want this or I want that, all right? The parent knows the implications of what they're asking for. The child doesn't know the implications, but the parent does. God our Father, he knows the implications. In fact, that's kind of the spirit behind Jeremiah 29. Very popular passage of scripture, but you gotta look at it through this lens of we're seeking God in prayer and we're trusting God in prayer, and this is God's position. He says this, Jeremiah 29. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out, plans to take care of you, not abandon you, plans to give you the future you hope for. And when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. And when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. See that picture? It's like we come to God and we know he's loving and he's strong man and is he ever wise. And knowing that, we could trust his answer to our prayers. He might he may know the implications better than we do. We're just we're just asking, we know the what. At least we think we know the what with respect to what we need, but he knows the implications, all right? The answer might be no, the answer might be yes, the answer might be not yet, the answer might be yes, but in a different form and not right now, right? And whatever his answer is, God's got a reason. So God's saying to us men, right now, hey, I, I, I know what I'm doing. You know, he knows us. He knows the implications. He's wise. And so we trust fully his answer. We release ourselves. We pray. We know the what, and we pray. And then we, we, we trust God for his answer, right? Talks about this in Isaiah chapter 65, it's your next verse on your note, it says this, seek the Lord while he may be found, call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. And here's God talking, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, God is not in the weeds of my fears and my feelings, right? He sees things I do not see. He sees outcomes I do not see. He sees implications that I simply do not see. Same for you. 
So we trust his answers to our prayer. But he invites us, hey, come on, all right? And then trust me. Trust my timing, right? Trust my answers. We're gonna get into the timing thing in just a sec. But I'm not in the weeds of everything you're involved in. I, I can see a lot further ahead than you. And I have your best interest in mind. I know you, I know your character, I know the people connected to you. I know the ripple effect of what an answer will do. Pretty cool, right? So we trust his answers to our prayers. The second thing, when we know God is wise, how it impacts our prayers, is I trust his direction for our prayers. Right? His direction for our prayers, right? Your prayers, right, ha are, they, there's content, there's substance, right? There's a subject matter. Uh, there's what you talk about in prayer. And, 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 and there's a direction that when we know his wisdom, it shapes the direction of our prayers. And a great example of this is Daniel. Now, see if you can catch how God's wisdom shapes Daniel's direction in prayer. It says this in Daniel chapter nine. I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord, given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So, I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting, and in sackcloth and ashes. All right? So, you see Daniel, before he pleads with the Lord and before he talks with the Lord in prayer, there's this pre-prayer process, right? Of understanding the scriptures, right? Before he turns to the Lord so that his prayers can be more targeted, right? He gets God's wisdom here. He's soaking in, in God's wisdom here, he gets God's wisdom and he understands God's word and now he can be more targeted in his prayer. So God's word is God's wisdom and it is God's direction in prayer, right? Now on this principle of knowing God's will and wisdom in his word guiding our prayer, it says this in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him, right? So God's will is God's wisdom. Where do you find out where God's will is? It's right here, right? So God's will is God's wisdom and Praying in the direction of God's will and wisdom makes us super confident in prayer. So just gotta make that connection of letting God direct our prayers and his wisdom and his will shaping and directing our prayers. And then that gives us confidence because we're asking for what God is already for. All right, that's the key to prayer, fellas. A lot of times we ask God for things that he's really not for, but in our desperation, we'll just go ahead and ask him instead of saying, your kingdom come, your will be done, all right, which is what he's for in the end. Um, 
you know, we're just, we're just asking for whatever, right? Help, relief, now. <laughs> I prayed those prayers. So I'm preaching to the choir, I'm preaching to myself. But what God's word says is ask according to his will. Let his word, which is his wisdom and his will, shape your prayers if you want to have confidence in prayer, all right? So when we know God is wise, we will, we will trust his direction for our prayers, right? So we pray the scripture. If there's one powerful coaching tip when it comes to prayer, pray the scriptures. There's, you know, a lot of the scriptures are prayers that you can repray, right, to God. All right, let's look at the third thing. When we know God is wise, number three, I trust his timing in response to my prayers, right? In the Bible, in Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. If you have the notes, please circle every activity under heaven, All right? That's here, All right? We're under heaven. Heaven is up, we're under heaven. And there's a timing. And a lot of times, at least for myself, I've had to come to the realization and make my peace that God doesn't wear one of these. <laughs> Such a bummer sometimes, right? But I'm talking to a person who is outside of space and time. I'm talking to a person who wants the best outcome, right? And I'm talking to a person who doesn't work on my emotional deadline, right? And a lot of times we throw up our hands and a lot of times it's like, hey God, what's the deal? What are you doing? I mean, I've been waiting and then we think, gosh, our patience, you know, we've been really patient. We've been saying, God, whatever your timing is. And then, you know, time passes and it's like, God, why aren't you moving? You know, this is your will. I'm asking for your will, but say, here's the thing. God doesn't wear a watch. God is outside of, of space and time. So he's not compelled by space and time. But here is what God, God is compelled by. He wants the best outcome, right? And he loves you. So that's how he's gonna answer and that's gonna guide his timing. Um, in 2 Peter, right, coaching believers in prayer, um, he, he talks about this, it says this in 2 Peter 3 verses eight and nine says, but do not forget this one thing. Dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow about keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not any, wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance, all right? Now, here's a couple important principles. One of them is what I just talked about. All right, God's not slow about anything. God's timing is perfect. He's not early, he's not late, his timing is perfect. But when, when Peter is coaching these believing Christians, he said, instead he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance, right? So what you might perceive as slowness, God, has all this other agenda he's working out. Like God could change the circumstance, but if he doesn't change the person's heart, 
if the circumstances change, then that's a fail for God, right? Just like a good parent, right? You don't want to reward a child who is not changing in the direction of what shows love for God and people, right? It's just like, oh, well, I'll give you what you want even though you don't change, right? God is all about changing the heart. He's more concerned with our character versus our comfort, and he knows. In his mind, he's like, well, I know the implications of if I answered that, if I gave him what he wanted right now, then his attitude or his character, that wouldn't change. So because I already know that, I'm, I'm working through that filter, not his emotional desperation, not his fears, not his feelings, because I want repentance, right? That wonderful word, metanoia in the Greek, which is a change of mind, where he wants that, he wants you to change your mind about something. He wants character change. He wants your thinking to change before he answers that prayer, right? And so he's looking for that before he does this. And sometimes he'll wait. He's, you think he's slow? He's waiting for you to change. There are many men right now who are listening to the sound of my voice. God's waiting on you. He's not slow. He's intentional and he's intelligent and he's wise, right? And so maybe if the timing you feel is off, you gotta look in the mirror, man of God, and you gotta go, okay, Lord, what is it? I don't wanna miss this. What is it in me that you wanna change first? Let's focus on that. Change me. You don't have to change my circumstance. Change me. And if you wanna change my circumstance and if you feel like You've seen the change in me, and you wanna change my circumstance? You got it, I trust your timing. Super important in prayer. Let's look at the last thing, right? When we know God is wise, right? We trust his answer to our prayers, we trust his direction in prayer, we trust his timing. And then lastly, I trust his leadership of my life through prayer. Remember, the point of contact of all that we're talking about is prayer. Right? Jesus says, come to me, right? You're gonna get an outcome. What's the point of contact? Prayer. God's leadership in our lives comes through communication, dialogue, talking, learning, listening, receiving, processing, internalizing. And that shapes our prayers, right? And, we, and, and when we know God is wise, all wise, we trust his leadership through prayer. In the Psalms, so many of them are prayers, and I want you to listen to a very common one that you'll see in the Psalms. I just picked this out of Psalm 119, 33 to 35. Listen, listen in to the, he's praying, the man of God is praying. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me, circle that, in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. So he's praying and he's trusting God for leadership in his life. 
And he's saying, man, you're my number one. You're the source of all wisdom. Teach me your way, right? So I can follow. You teach me your way, and then I can follow it. And this is all a prayer conversation. Follow it to the end. Give me understanding, right? So that I can keep your law and obey it. Direct me, right? Give me understanding and direct me. It's all happening through prayer. It's right, leadership through prayer. You want God's leadership, man of God? You gotta be praying and asking for it. There's a good example, write that down. Psalm 119, 33 to 35. Pray it, right? You don't even have to come up with the prayer. You can just pray a great prayer that incorporates everything that we're talking about, all right? Another example is from Psalm 73. Listen to this. It's a man of God talking to his God, right? He says this, quote, you guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Man, when you know God is wise, when you know God's counsel is wise, when you are soaking in his mind, the Bible says you can get his mind, through his word, you have the mind of Christ and the Holy Spirit is animating the wisdom that you're reading because you're a child and a son of God and you have access to that and Jesus is saying, come on down. You get guidance, you get leadership. Where is it headed? To a glorious destiny. Say that with me, a glorious destiny. Say this with me. God has for me a glorious destiny. But you know, that comes out of you and I listening to his counsel, right? So when you know God is wise, it changes the game in prayer, right? We trust his answer, right? Because he knows us, he knows others, he knows the implication. We trust his direction, right? In prayer, right? He directs our prayers according to the scripture, right? We trust his timing in response to our prayers. Why? Doesn't wear one of those, remember? and he's working toward the absolute best outcome. And we trust his leadership through prayer. Say this with me, wise counsel leads to glorious destinies. Mm. God is wise and he has a glorious destiny for us, a heavenly one, an eternal one, all right? One that matters to him. Why is that important? Because what matters to him is most important is most important, not what matters to culture or your, your friends or people watching you. You're gonna stand before him, right? That's your glorious, glorious destiny. And we have to know that our loving father, our strong father, our wise father wants us talking to him so that he can counsel us and he can lead us to that glorious, destiny. So here's what I want you to do before we pray. Um, I want you to meet with a friend. I want you to identify an area of trust that matches your situation today. All right. Just, this is what I'm trusting God with. All right. And then pray over that area and express to God what we've talked about. God, I, I trust your answer. I trust your direction. I trust your timing, right? I trust your leadership. Guide me, right? So we're gonna pray right now and we're gonna apply what we've learned, but make sure that you get with somebody 
identify an area you're trusting God with, pray over that area and affirm God's wisdom in these ways, all right? So wherever you are, could be coffee shop, couch, church hall, put your pencils down, this is a moment, stop. We're gonna talk to God right now. Let's go to God, our Father, our loving Father, our strong Father, our wise Father, our Father who issues us an invitation every moment of every day to come to him. Father, forgive us for not turning to you more often, for seeking, for not seeking you. We need and confess that we need your wisdom for our lives. And we want your wisdom to fall into good character. So today, help me to pursue honesty. Help me to pursue integrity. Help me to be the real thing. Help me to live out my convictions publicly and privately. Help me to be just a man of compassion and justice. Help me to be faithful so that your wisdom can thrive in me. Lord, I want your wisdom. And I want your wisdom to take over my inner man. Fill me with your wisdom, God. Fill me with your will. Fill me with your word, which is your will and is your wisdom. And let that be the guiding force in my life and in my prayers, God. Thank you in advance that you will answer. Thank you in advance, God, that you will direct me today. Thank you in advance that your timing is just right. I trust it. I thank you in advance for your outcome and response to my prayers. And Jesus, thank you for the invitation to have your leadership, your care, your capacity in my life. In your name I pray. Amen. So to close out our time on the live stream, I want to put a scripture up on the screen. It's Romans 16, 27. And then I want us to read that together, all right? To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll see you next week.